Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, trees and non-binaries. Adam has returned to another exciting episode of the Hostile Takeover, the weekly-ish show where a dear friend and I talk about their personal favourites across the history of broad gaming and all of its platforms, console, PC, tabletop, RPG, what have you. I'm bringing to you a very dear friend, someone I've known for quite some time at the D&D tables and across the way from Magic the Gathering goodness, and he's talking to me about something that I know is a true passion of his, but something I sadly know very little about. Corey, my good pal, how are you today? I am good, Adam. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Still uh, reeling from last night's Among Us, which will be coming to YouTube feeds everywhere in just about a month's time. We are involved in so many projects, aren't we, pal? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. So much to keep track of, so little time to do them more. Just how I like it, to be honest. I do like to be busy. But uh, between the busyness, between the action and stuff, there is much gaming to be done. So, my good pal, I know you as one of the all-rail-rounded seasoned gamers in my life, and I uh, do have keep you quite a broad spectrum, but why don't you tell me where it all began, where it all got started? What was the first console you well, picked up? What was the first time you rolled some dice? <laughs> well, dice, I would have to say, that didn't start properly until I probably met you guys Whoa. back in, well, what year was it we met again? God, like, I get sad to think about it, but I want to say it's 2017. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's been about three years now. So D&D was obviously something that I hadn't fully gotten into. And I think my first session was amongst... Uh, group of old friends because we'd essentially just gathered up to hang out for a, like a brief I'd say hour or so and then my mates just suddenly said oh let's play D&D and I was like what what's that next thing you know I'm playing a werewolf who is in a cyberpunk city and I'm like Wild. this is fun but at the same time I want to delve a little bit deeper into the lore and from there, I believe I discussed it with my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, lovely her. Yeah. And she basically was like, oh yeah, I used to watch a show called Critical Role. And next thing you know, she, she introduced me to that. I started watching a couple episodes and I was like, okay, now I actually really want to like play this and have some fun. Like, I want to see how far this the rabbit hole goes down. Next thing I know... Um, I've got. I bought my first starter pack. I ended up taking it to a couple of my mates, and I'm like, "Oh, like this is this is the game. Like so far, so far so good. Looks good." And then you know, thanks to Rene, I got to play with you lot. Ah, uh, seems like such a long time ago, but such an important part of both of our histories. Telling me solid stuff, but. Uh... Console gaming as a whole, because uh, your ambitious projects over on Cosmics involve like very variety streams of the game we're talking about and bits of Monster Hunter. So, how do you get into that side of the world? Well, Pokemon—that's literally been my passion since, boy, I want to say the nineties, because obviously the Cartoon Network and everything. I used to just watch it so much, and it used to be a whole thing of, oh, this is Pokemon. This is me playing like. This is the show that got majority of a lot of kids' childhoods if you didn't watch Cartoon Network. And it was basically, oh, this guy, this child is traveling around with Pokemon at such a young age. Like, this this kind of stuff can happen in a child's life? Oh, my God, that's amazing. Giant creatures with magical powers. 
who doesn't want that? That's true. Next thing I, <laughs> next thing I know, like they announced the game was coming out, and I believe um, I got the grey Game Boy as my, my first one. My mom was just like, oh, I also got you Pokemon Yellow. Here you go, son. Go have fun. They say big things. Yeah. yeah, they say big things have small beginnings, so the history of that has brought a lot of people into gaming, I would say. Legit. And it wasn't even just like, once I had that, my mom also used to like go out with me to go buy trading cards. Not even just my mom. I was spoiled with like anything Pokemon, <laughs> whether it was bugging my auntie to take me to the corner shop down the road and buying like more trading cards to bribe my friends like to trade with me <laughs> or yeah. like just fully getting used to the fact of oh i'm the only one in my friendship group who actually got pokemon yellow whilst everyone had red and blue it was just a very interesting thing to deal with certainly sounds it yeah so i imagine with that it led on to all the other different kinds of nintendo classics into the other consoles into everything else further and further for the rest of the time but yeah that's that's definitely a great way to get started well, definitely somewhere similar in uh early nintendos between like the solid marios and sonic collections on like nintendo handhelds into the gamecube into xbox 360 and the great platformers there legit from there it was like i fell into the pokemon plot hole and i couldn't stop <laughs> it nope. was effectively from what i remember of the story back in the day it was you had to play a trainer called Red, and there was always going to be a trainer, the the rival called Blue. That was the main names of the characters. Obviously, you could name it wherever you wanted, but from there it was just okay. This is the game, and I believe after I completed Yellow, well, not even fully completed it, but beat the Elite Four. That was the whole premise of the game. Beat the gyms, get the eight gym badges, beat the Elite Four, and you're the champion. I had moved on to seeing Pokemon Silver and I kept watching the series as a child throughout the whole thing. I think it was up to Johto, I believe they called it. Johto was the um no Hoenn was the third region. But I stayed up a loyal watcher throughout the series all the way up until probably I was in secondary school. And then the series was like not showing anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I still continued with the games um up until I was more in secondary school, and even then, like when I would head home from school and everything, I would still like find time to just go and play it. It was essentially just beat the eight gym badges, beat the elite four, you win the game. Nothing up much else for me because I couldn't really get any special events running. But the story of the whole thing was literally you are playing red, and then the characters changed because I believe. When they finished Pokemon Yellow, it went to Gold and Silver. It then changed to a different character, and you're like, who's this guy? This isn't the trainer we played before. You beat the whole premise of the game again to fight the le to find legendaries, and next thing you know, I found out there was a little bit extra to go on into the games, because I was like, there's nothing much else here. If you've seen um, what I've been streaming currently, it's Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which is the DS remakes. Um... There was actually a thing at the end where they said, oh, there's one more champion you have to face. And my mind at the, at the time when I was younger, I used to think, who's this extra champion that you have to fight, you know? There's always just like one champion that stands in your way. And next, you know, you found out it was the character you played before in the previous game. Oh, that's like, interesting. Wow. Oh, that's really good, actually. Nintendo, 
yeah, Nintendo really like wanted to keep up with how you say their storyline of who who's wearing what version of the game. But if you watch now on YouTube, that goes on in the Pokemon universe. That most people will say like, oh, you know, most of the games are going on roundabout in the same timeline. So you becoming champion in Pokemon Yellow was just at the same time. Like Pokemon Silver, like I said, you beat the champion. Next, you know, you find out Red's just like hidden somewhere on a mountain waiting for you to go and challenge him because, you know, you're the second champion. you got to claim that title. And from there on, it then moved on to games like, I found out there was a Pokemon Crystal. That came out in, like, say, 2001, when Nintendo wanted to start getting fancy with their plot devices. That was It was a very funny time when I found out about that. I was like, why do they have to keep making a remake of certain games? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. But then, you know, they introduced more stories, which frankly did bring more people in anyways. I did end up developing um, quite a little fun little team that I like to play with, though. Like, many people who've played it, they've always found that one Pokemon that suddenly becomes their their all-time favorite, not just, like, the mascots from the games at all. Um, I want to say, I believe it came around in Black and White, where I actually found the one Pokemon that was my absolute favorite. Black and White was, like, 2011. Looking well, back on it now. Yeah, but what Pokemon was that one? Um, it went by the name of Zoroark. A very interesting Pokemon that was just a pure dark type. And at the time, people... I, I don't want to say they had a dislike for dark types because they were pretty much weak to fighting type moves. Or otherwise, they weren't that strong at all. Because I think if everyone knows Eevee... Eevee was a Pokemon that could evolve into just three types, which were fire, water, and electric types. Of which then, once Gold and Silver came out, you then had Umbreon and Espeon, because they wanted to introduce Dark types back in Silver, I believe. Or was it Hoenn's one, Generation 3? I can't fully remember now. <laughs> there sounds like there's uh, like this huge tract of games that just about covered all kinds of bases so like let's jump back to the beginning a little bit because like you've given me quite a good history lesson but you gotta remember mm. i may be one of the few people our age under the sun who is working from practically zero pokemon knowledge yeah yeah so i'm like i'm sure there are other people out there like it but just, just start like you yeah. off at, yeah just, just start, start me off at the, the beginning, beginning like from what i know of the actual like gameplay dynamic is that you pick one of the three starters and you yeah. go out trying to acquire more Pokemon out there in the wild, doing little quests for the random NPCs, leveling up the Pokemon yeah. you have, the Pokemon you catch, until eventually they're legendary and strong enough to take on those big dads you mentioned. Practically, yeah. It would start off with, um, obviously, you'd get to pick between the generic fire, water, and grass type starters. And at the beginning of the game, there was only like, I want to say, um, probably about nine types of Pokemon. Essentially, I want to say it was nine, but it was essentially the gyms that you faced up until you came up to the elite champions were only like a precursor. They wanted to teach you about all the different types and how each type of Pokemon can be strong in its own right. Considering yeah. Pokemon Yellow was like, you once you picked a starter, here's an electric type, go with that, 
and see how far you can get. But you literally did get the other um, starter-type Pokemon as you went through the game, which made it interesting because I believe from the show, if people watch the actual anime Pokemon, you knew Ash had Pikachu as a starter-type, and then he later gained the other three starters throughout the entire show, of which then people still wondered why he didn't win the Elite Four. <laughs> but yeah. it was essentially... Once you beat, uh, once you literally went and got your first Pokemon, train up your first gym badge. First gym badge, you had to face Rock type Pokemon. Then I remember you had to, uh, you had to fight Water afterwards. Water gym leader. Then it was like they always threw something new at you when you didn't expect it. To be fair, to point it out. Well, I suppose that's important to be able to keep the game sort of evolving and changing, and to keep surprising the players. That was the main deal. There was always a level cap as well to make things harder because there was these things such as trading Pokemon, which made it a bit easier to like catch them all because that was always Pokemon's motto back in the day. Now it's just catch as many as you can. <laughs> there was always like, oh, you got to catch them all. You yep. got to complete the Pokedex. And majority of the time, I don't think people back in the day when the first one actually came out, they didn't know that there was actually 151. So it was... Never really made clear then that it was 151 different Pokemon out there. You were just given your starters and you were just told to go catch them all and fill up the Pokedex. You, they never really said how many there were, was it? Yeah, no. From what from what I remember, there was, there was never really a. They never made it clear just how many there was until probably they introduced the jukebox thing, which was like a little feature on the po- on the actual Pokemon show back on Cartoon Network in the day. Like, once they came out with the Pokemon rap, everyone's like, oh, there's 150, yeah. Everyone loves the little Pokemon rap song. And it's like, they named all of them for you. You're just like, okay, well, at least I know all the names now. I know what I have to catch until you actually went into the game. And then it was like, oh, I'm probably about seven gym badges in. And I've come to this, like, secret laboratory where the game was all of a sudden telling me that that one legendary Pokemon that's hidden in a cave somewhere suddenly was made from another Pokemon? And you're like, wait, if that Pokemon is there, that means there must be another one. Meaning there's more than 150 and there's 151. <laughs> just that one extra just really tilts out all the people who really wanted to get the full collection. Literally. And that's when, obviously, they came out with the whole Pokemon movie, which was like Mute uh, Returns, something like that. Oh, yeah, and right. that movie, oh, that movie spoke to everyone's heart back in the day. Yeah, I've seen enough like, gifs of it on Tumblr just to be like, um, you two just a being able to talk and b just dropping like huge tracts of philosophical deep thought. Literally, right, like, yeah. those, those words were engraved on a lot of people. <laughs> well, if it's like, that deep, then I guess it's true. Then just to. Um, if I remember the line properly, it was just like the the terms of one's birth does not Don't determine who they, they are. It's uh, their choices or something like that. Yeah, it's the choices that they make during their life that really determines their worth. Yeah, Gandhi, Jesus, nobody said that. It was Mewtwo. Yeah, I remember that from Tumblr. <laughs> but yeah, that from was, there on, yeah, they're on. It just like. The game really took off from there. For for me, I'd say from there it really took off. Like just to whole, just to add in the fact of once gold and silver came out, I obviously moved on with the times. My I think my parent 
had gotten me a new Game Boy, which obviously was a Pikachu and Pichu version, which was really rare back in the day. You rarely saw it, but it was an, it was an interesting little um, Game Boy Color handheld that you could that you could play with. That really threw me down the rabbit hole again because it was just like, oh, I've now encountered one of my favorite Pokemon from the second generation, which. In truth, was like I didn't know how far I was gonna get dragged into this when when I started playing. Nobody knows until they really start playing. Yeah, it was like the first time I'd ever gotten the choice between to pick between the three, and I believe my choice was Cyndaquil, a little fire type. And I believe, actually, yeah, we I discussed this with um, Sandy. She had literally told me that the next Pokemon that I had catched on one of my Nuzlocks was going to be named Cool Adam. And Cyndaquil was the one I came across. So when I found that, I was like, Adam was the one who introduced me to D&D. Cyndaquil was my first starter in Pokemon Silver. You are now getting named Cool Adam. Oh, the weirdest honor ever. But it's interesting to think about all the differences and stuff. So, like... I know you did some pre-research, and I'm really grateful for that. So, roughly, how mm. long was it, and how many games was it between them starting and them introducing gen- uh, Generation Two? Between, I want to say for the years, because um, Pokemon, yeah, I think the actual Red and Blue games came out in 1998. Yeah, they came out in 1998, and then obviously Pokemon Yellow was 1999. Um. Between that, it took one year for them to literally bring out gold and silver. It came out literally the next year, and it changed. It changed a lot, to be fair, because they added in. That was the first time they actually added in the new generation types. Because, like I said before, it was um, the fact that you had like fire, water, grass. Um, to name them off my head, normal types, water types, rock, psychic, poison. Uh, ice, ground, grass, ghost, flying, fighting, electric, dragon, and bug. And then once Generation Two was out, they introduced steel and dark types to the mix, which which really was interesting to me back in the day because I was like, what is the need of having steel types and what are dark types and how are you going to bring those Pokemon into a game where you know it didn't exist before, but now it does obviously me not thinking big in the big moment they brought in new pokemon and i was like wow these ones look good you know pokemon from the previous generation could now even evolve into those types which was pokemon's big premise and kind of did set off like a big war between pokemon and digimon if you if you know those other games yeah there's always been a war between the two just because one was I can transform and get bigger and then go back to being small. And Pokemon was just like, we just keep getting bigger. <laughs> Which I think is probably more satisfying. It's more interesting in a battle to be able to see the Digimon sort of grow and shrink like that, if you can imagine it. But no, I think there's something really satisfying about seeing your uh, your Pokemon evolve. Yeah, I like that. Literally, after training them hard, it was it was perfect to just know that, oh, you know, all that hard work didn't go to waste and they stay big. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So, roughly, like, you well, not roughly, you would know the exact answer. How many generations have there been? How many Pokemon out there are there? 
currently, I believe there are, um, I think we're up to Gen 7 or Gen 8. Generation 7 or Generation 8. I want to say Generation 7. Because there's been currently... The only addition that I remember that, that last happened in the actual Pokemon universe was the addition of fairy types. Right. Which I there was a whole big conundrum over it when they introduced it the first time. I remember watching hearing it about it on YouTube and everyone was like, Fairy, what's fairy gonna do? Like, how useful is fairy gonna be? Like, fairy's not gonna be that useful. It gave me so much trouble when I first learned about it. Yeah. I remember back when I had to play about it, I was like, huh. Like now I have to learn a new type and I have to learn what it's weak to. And I remember I could not get the hang of it. And generally for a Pokemon game to give me that much trouble was a was a big problem back in the day. Cause that it threw off everything I knew. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madbub, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. Hi, my name's Steve. And I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. 
Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Were you able to like rock yeah. the new type eventually? Effectively, yeah. Now that um, obviously we're at Pokemon um, Sun or Sword and Shield, it's just like everyone's trying to figure out what's the best Pokemon to have. And in my opinion, I'm still I'm still one of the players, which is just like, oh, you know, I just want to have fun with it. If I participate in anything serious, that's of my own accord. Because I know there's like a lot of very i don't want to call them tryhards because like they do the pokemon community like a good service by like showing off how good it is to you know work hard on your team and all that stuff but there's an element that i still love which was just you know i just love to catch them all have fun with the story see where the lore takes us because we found out so much over the years of all these new legendaries being brought into the game and everything people doing their timeline videos, like I said, you finding out that it's like, oh, so, like, let's just say Pokemon, I want to say, not black and white. I believe it was... Actually, yeah, no, it could be black and white. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Black and white was just being like, oh, well, guess what? Uh, No, I did get it wrong. It was X and Y. That did come after Black and White. It was just like X and Y. Hey, these two games take place in the past, before Pokemon Yellow. Oh, that's like, interesting. I think I would say because it yeah. makes it so that your the character you played all those years ago is going into like an established world, which makes sense for all of the gyms and all the battling tournaments. For them, they'd have to have been like started somewhere. Maybe that's what those get those games sort of created. Exactly. It it then turned it into a thing of, oh, well, now we know why there's, like, multiple different versions of the game and different worlds and everything and why things have happened. Like, when they introduced um, Mega Evolutions, that was X and Y. I don't know why Mega Evolutions became a thing, because I thought to myself, when it happened, I was like, oh, so now Pokemon can suddenly reach their max forms, and then go slightly bigger. 
it's not gonna it's not gonna get Digimon on their case, that's for sure. <laughs> it then turned to okay, so we've now taken away Mega Evolution. You can still use it, but we're not gonna say it's there. Don't worry about it for future games. It's still there, but we're not gonna let you know. Well, we're not gonna talk about it being there. Just just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. But then again, awesome. I suppose that's just them keeping the formula fresh of being able to know. We know what you guys can expect from the Pokemon game, but we still know some ways to expand it and make it bigger. Yeah. Then turning around to then say, oh, well, now we've introduced these things called Z-moves into the game. And that was like, oh, what's a Z-move? That's obviously, you've only, ever been, you've only ever been able to use five moves in Pokemon combat. Well, four moves in Pokemon combat. Now there's five? Okay, well, how interesting is the fifth move? Well, it's a super move. <laughs> how great can a super move be? Well, it depends on the type of the Pokemon and depends on how well you're willing to go train it. All the way up to now, it's currently in Sword and Shield generation. You can now make the Pokemon extra big by what they call it, Gigantamaxing or Dynamaxing. Which was an interesting concept, which I found very lovable at the time, because it was just like, who doesn't want to have a giant fluffy dog on your screen fighting for you? Well, yeah, I suppose. Like, they really know how to uh, expand things. I, feel, I think that's what's essential, that's kept the title around for so long. They know how to keep things, like, consistently fresh. Effectively, yes. And they've always, well, they've always, they always know how to design a Pokemon. But I feel like the naming could like have a better chance if they could name them better. I believe that that would be something that would drag me in more nowadays. Obviously, I'm still a big fan, and if they do release out another Pokemon game, I know for myself I won't be able to hold back on my wallet. <laughs> no, I count on you to be able to snap get it. Uh, has there anything been announced? Because the last thing um, I heard about was Sword and Shield in the new world with the new starters. So far, they have done extensions on the Sword and Shield game. But as far as things go now, they did release out a, a remake of an actual old game, which I never got to play, sadly. Interesting. It was called uh, Pokemon Snap back in the day. It was on the um, Nintendo 64, I believe. Essentially, it was just you was a professor going around taking pictures of Pokemon and getting points for it. I knew of it because I know that um, back in the day, there was a cinema I used to go to and they had it at an arcade. But um, I never fully got time to just sit down and actually play it like fully to the end. Now they're actually bringing it back for the Switch. And I think that's actually going to be quite interesting to play. Majority of the other games, though, any other Pokemon game, I have gotten to play. And it's always been a fun little thing just to, you know, explore these different realms of like, what Pokemon has to offer, see what kind of things they've um, brought in and what kind of new mechanics they've worked around with. Stuff like um, they made this game called Pokemon Arena or Pokemon Stadium. Both, in my opinion, were good titled games because it was just like you know it was more focused on the battling as less of just questing around trying to defeat elite four you already was a champion and now you're just keeping your title 
That's a really interesting way to do it, because a lot of the Pokemon games, from what I'm hearing, is that the focus is just you trying to be the very best like no one ever was, but this is you already being the best, but you've got to try and keep your title. That's actually a really, that's a natural, interesting way to do it. It really was, and obviously, like I said, with the whole addition of all these new types with the fairy and arc and steel, not sure if they're going to ever bring like a new one into it, but it's always going to be something interesting if they do, because that changes up the whole roster of who's weak to who and who's going to be able to like deal damage the best. It's only, I think, recently that I fully memorized, like, if you was to name a type, I could tell you the weakness straight off the bat. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Uh... And then... Go on. No, 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 no. Uh, weaknesses to all types. Then go it's like if I were, if you was to say, oh, you know, well, what's Ghost weak to? I could be like, oh, well, you know, I think Ghost is definitely weak to, I'd say, Ice types. Like that could take it out. Like, I know Ghost is def well. Ghost was always a type that was problematic in its own right because if you was like if you caught a bunch of normal type Pokemon, you could not harm a Ghost type. But then I think the Una reversal of that situation was a Ghost type couldn't harm you either. <laughs> Well, yeah, so then what were the benefits to ghost types? They were good if you was definitely going up against a gym leader who had Pokemon that was mainly using normal type moves. Because I remember there being one troublesome move called Hyper Fang, and that was like on an early common type Pokemon that you could catch everywhere called Rat Ratata, and it's a little evolution called Raticate. Always a little problem, because it's just like, oh, how how powerful can a little common type Pokemon be that you wouldn't expect. And then it just brings out that move, and it's like, oh, half your health is gone. That's literally what the move did. Well, move did. It's like, use it again, it, halves, it does half the HP your Pokemon has, and it's going to keep doing it till you're dead. That is crazy. It was one of the crazy situations that I've ever been in. But not like now, because obviously with... The advancement of Pokemon in its own community, you have had um, certain situations where people have come up with certain rule sets to make the game harder on yourself. Yeah, that's true. And even um, with the fan base being as big as it is, certain players have come out of the woodwork and literally just said, hey guys, I've made my own version of a Pokemon game, of which they've even added in their own like little types and stuff. I remember there was a interesting one which introduced a nuclear type of Pokemon, which literally was like the type <laughs> itself, just nuclear. And they made a whole game based around it called Pokemon Uranium. I remember <laughs> getting a chance to play it. And let's just say it was very interesting. They made a whole unique set of Pokemon, obviously bringing in the... Uh, a few of the old ones because you know you can't have a pokemon game without bringing a few of the old aftermentioned named pokemon into their into the roster yeah the general classics i guess yeah and then they said hey you can also catch these pokemon in their nuclear forms and it's like oh <laughs> that's interesting never thought of doing that before you know changing the whole entire type which pokemon actually did decide to do in i think sun and moon yeah because it was just like they came across they did the whole version in hawaii 
which was very interesting because they changed up stuff like like Radita and Radicate, as I mentioned before, was just normal types. Once they moved to Hawaii, they were literally like, oh, because they've come here, it's like a form of they were brought across the sea by accident to deal with certain other Pokemon that were giving trouble on the islands. And now those Pokemon have changed type due to this being not their natural habitat. So now they're dark and normal type, which, in my opinion, made them weaker but stronger in every sense. Because then you just made it weaker to more weak to fighting type moves. But at the same time, you could deal damage to ghost types because ghosts are weak, weak to dark. Well, I suppose it's about balancing out your team just so that you can cover all your uh, opponent's weaknesses and they, can cut, they can't really handle yours either. Uh, that's... Yeah, that's definitely yeah, a way to do it. Yeah. There's always a way to like change up... Low... There, was, there was always ways to like change up your team and make it so you could beat any trainers. Or some people really like went crazy with it and just said to themselves, you know what? I know my fire type Pokemon is weak to a water type. So what am I going to do? Teach it an electric type move because somehow it could learn that. <laughs> yeah. There'll be, if you could, if you can, if you can teach them and if you can help them expand their types or their sort of move sets like that. Was there ever a time yeah. actually when they added a new type on a, forgiven out from a generation but then they had to amend or change some pokemon that came before it because they fall under the new type uh yes they did actually um it was during the fairy type integration that they said to themselves uh oh now we need to actually change some of the pokemon because it's effectively harder like we can't just make a whole new set of pokemon just for that fairy type alone we need to also include some for the for the generations because i'm pretty sure pokemon had a bunch of ideas ready in case um they were going to bring in new pokemon but considering it probably wasn't enough so they probably had to change and add for the fairy types i remember clefairy being one for generation one it was a normal type before and they had to just fully completely change it up they were like oh, it's not normal anymore it's a fairy type so all you people who are thinking about using fighting type moves to kill Clefairy, you can't do it now. Super interesting to make it stronger like that, but then again, it also made it weaker by giving it types that it would be uh, weak to, I guess. Yeah. But it um, the interesting one of all, um, I want to say that it actually became a good member of my team. It was called Marwile. It was from the Generation 3. And I remember specifically it was a steel type. But with the addition of fairy type, it then became steel fairy, which actually made it so funny and so great to use on my team because it was now fairy steel. It was weak to what it was. But at the same time, because it was also a steel type, it made its weaknesses neutral. That's interesting. So what you could normally... Huh? Yeah, what you could normally do. Uh, yeah, with its with its uh, fairy type, I think it was generally weak to. I want to say it was weak to steel and weak to poison. Just like just like all most fairy tales, you know, you beat a you beat a fairy tale, 
by being the bad guy by hitting it with steel and poison. Sure. But with the addition of steel on its own typing, it was just like, oh, well, now steel is immune to poison and fairy is effectively beaten by it by steel. So Mawa was effectively the best team member on my t- on my whole team besides from Zoroark. Yeah, because it basically balances itself out because of things it would be weak to, it it isn't anymore. Yeah, and practically it only left, the only way to fight was just by hitting it with fighting type moves, which were decreased by the fact that it was a fairy. But then you just had to fight it with fire. (laughs) Yep. Or hit it with, like, a good old earthquake. But, you know, earthquake was the general move back in Generation 1 that no one could beat unless you had, like, a hyper beam. So much deep managing of all of the types and all of the points you want to put in whenever it evolves. It's really interesting and really balanced out so that you could get all kinds of team compositions to take on any kinds of opponents. It's uh, a lot deeper than I was really expecting, at least as far as what I've seen from the outside. So to, uh, to someone like me who's not necessarily been as deep in the Pokemon lore as you have, where would you recommend someone to start? From for to recommend someone to start, I would definitely say if you was to go to the new consoles now, so say the DS or like the 3DS, I would recommend that someone legit go for Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, mainly because that whole game was just the first and second generations together. Effectively, what you would ha- would have had to do-, do is complete the second generation, but along with that, you do have access to like the first generation islands that you can travel to. So, effectively, the region known as the Jota region, which you started off in for sol- for silver and gold, you would then get to move back to the Kanto region, which is the first region for Gen One Pokemon, and then you get to fight those gym leaders as well. And then you get to take on the actual first champion of the Pokemon series in its entirety. So that would literally be my first one. It's literally the game that I've been streaming right now, actually. Nice. Which I put like the Nuzlocke challenge on myself. Yeah, so that everything's randomized and you don't know the power levels or what items you're ever getting. Yeah. I wouldn't like that's It makes it harder. Like I said, back to the uh, whole people imposing rules on themselves to give the game more of a challenge, me randomizing it and um, allowing all the gym leaders to have different Pokemon would make it a harder challenge on myself because obviously I have to beat now (laughs) 16 gym leaders and then beat the Elite Four twice to get to the champion to win the entire game. Um, Obviously right now though, with my current team, I say it's looking likely that I could get there because I've got um, two dragon types. And let's be fair, dragon types are, I want to say, the craziest of the gen- of the Pokemon in general because their movesets are designed to just kill. If you didn't have an ice type on you, you were effectively done for. It's good that, that you can get a decent was- balanced team then. Literally, I I did find out that um, during my whole Nuzlocke challenge, though, 
um, two of the Pokemon that I thought were dead weren't actually dead. They were just placed in the wrong box. <laughs> so I have to I have to fix that on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, you know what you're doing. It's all good. You have to do the best you can with what you got because everything's randomized and the way you're playing it. Effectively, yeah. And even with um, like I said, if I could if I could have played this game with all of the Pokemon that I like so far as an actual team, I would definitely do so. That would be a, that would be, actually, it might be a fun little challenge that I might actually do for another day, but not right now. Even with um, everything that's going on in the Pokemon community, it's something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to do something good with it. And you can do a lot of good things with a pretty wide comp of Pokemon. And as someone who'd really self admits that he doesn't really know a lot about this stuff he has been taken on quite a deep history lesson with it so i want to thank you for that pal i'm gonna make sure to have a good long look at your stream just to make sure that you get everything else nice and randomized but i think we've covered the broad history of the pokemon uh handheld and consoles as a whole but in any case uh for pokemon nuzlocke antics and other variety let's plays where can the people of the internet find you sir they can find me on the Cosmics channel, which is currently on just YouTube at the moment. We are thinking about maybe migrating to Twitch briefly, but we're not going to do so as yet. It's plans for the future, really. That's You only heard this here. <laughs> You've heard it here first. But regardless, though, you will catch me on um, Cosmics doing the Wednesday streaming doing Pokemon Nuzlocke's and getting into the world of Monster Hunter, another world that is drastically close to my heart. It'll it'll be something I think you'll talk about right here on the Hostile Takeover fairly soon, I think. Definitely so. Like heck, if you don't if you don't catch me catching like 932 Pokemon first, then definitely you'll hear me cat talking about Monster Hunter here. <laughs> very soon, very soon. But uh that is little old you. As for little old me, you can find me on this show and discussing many of my other tabletop and PC gaming loves on the website that brought this uh, show to you, fantasticuniverses.com. For my writing about Batman and monthly comic book review titles, you can find me writing there on Dark Knight News, and you can find me writing supplements for Dungeons & Dragons on Apotheosis Studios' blog. Talk to me on Twitter, at IsItTinkerer, but otherwise this has been... The Hostile Takeover. Always a pleasure, Corey, talking to you about Pokemans, but until next time, live free and play well. As to you too, my dude, my good friend. Off on your feet, first day of the con. Got to look unique, cosplay, get it on. Strap on your wings, you'll keep your thong. Pop on a top hat, make yourself bronze. I know you and you know me. Imagination outside the line, all standing, waiting. Heroes, villains, angels, Satan's. Oh my goodness gracious! It's worth it to see the hotel star spaces. We made it. The date is eventually here. End of the convention. Here's three cheers!
Laughing stories, panels, stalls, stands, skits Professor Elemental's on about six Of course at every con there's a couple of dicks That's not real steam Shut up, yes it is Every other person makes it better Every volunteer all holds it together Yes! You finally found your tribe Yes! Every type all here inside We're all equal, we're all worthy I don't know why they all have a go at furries no. If you want to dress up as a giant rabbit And have relations with a man squirrel That is none of my business